Um, I'm Chris Carpus. I'm one of the elders here. I'm blessed to be, and um, not the uh, the usual face that you get to see up here. Um, that is either going to be reassuring. It'll be reassuring. <laughs> There's no other. Um, so uh, Amy and I take a walk just about every morning, unless it's below 50 degrees, and we don't. But um, that's my uh, that's the routine. But uh, when we're when we're walking, oftentimes we'll talk about. Um, we'll get into some deep theological issues or, or discussions or, or not. Uh, but um, with the opportunity to, to, to speak to you this morning and to speak to everybody online, welcome. Um, you know, it, it, it's an opportunity to, to remind, I think to remind people, to remind myself uh, that, uh, that we're to go out into the world the way Jesus came into the world. And alternate title for today would be uh, the way to keep Christ in Christmas is to act like Christ. And so um, Mike just read John 1, uh, 1 through 5. I wanted to kind of just foundationally remind us who it is that came to save us. And, um, and of course, it was Jesus. He was there before the beginning, and nothing's been made without him. And so we're going to talk about First, why he came into the world, and then why do we go into the world? And then we will end with how do we go out into the world? And so, um, why did he come into the world? John 3, 16, 17. Mike just read it, but we'll read it again. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. For God did not send his Son into the world to condemn, it, to condemn the world, but to save the world through him. He came to save us uh, from what? From sin and death and hell. Sin separates us from God, and so God sent his one and only son to save us. Um, so where did sin come from? Romans 5, 12 through 19. Therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. To be sure, sin was in the world before the law was given, but sin is not charged against anyone's account where there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from the time of Adam to the time of Moses, even over those who did not sin by breaking command, as did Adam, who is a pattern of the one to come. But the gift is not like the trespass, for if the many died by the trespass of the one man, how much more did God's grace and the gift that came by the grace of the one man, Jesus Christ, overflow to many? Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. For if by the trespass of the one man death reigned through that one man, how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man, Jesus Christ? Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act resulted in justification and life for all people. For as through the disobedience of the one man and the many were made sinners, so also through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So we see that Jesus came into this world to save us from sin and condemnation of, of death. And um, because sin does separate us from God. And only Jesus through his birth, his life, his death and his resurrection could save us from that. 
Only his life could atone for humanity. His birth is a gift from God to heal us from sin so we can spend eternity with him. So that's, that's why Jesus came into the world. It's what we celebrate. Um, he wasn't born on December 25th. And, you know, there are a lot, there's a lot of discussion among, among Christians in the community that um, we shouldn't celebrate it that, you know, because that date was, it meant something else. But listen, we're here to celebrate the birth of Christ. It doesn't, it's, it's recapturing, if you will, what, what, the, what this season is. And so no matter what, no matter what you hear, we celebrate the birth of Christ because he saved us, because he's what, he, what he's done for us. And so, um, so, so why do we go into the world? Because Jesus told us to, and that's a good way to uh, parent as well, because I said so. Um, this is Jesus, who was God in the flesh. He said, go. In Mark 16, he said to them, go into the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Matthew, the Great Commission, which we talked about a few months ago, the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain where Jesus had told them to go. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I'm with you always to the very end of the age. So his, his coming is the greatest gift that we could receive. Um, you know, you take your list and it's at the top. And even if you don't know that it's at the top, he's, that, that need for salvation is at the top. So how do we go into the world? Um, the way Jesus came into the world. Um, I picked a few, a few uh, characteristics of Jesus that we need to exemplify and to, to represent um, in this season, but there are so many more. But um, generously, we'll start with generously. We're to go into the world generously. Well, just by his nature of coming to earth, he, he's a generous God, he, he, and he came to die for us. So just in that, that alone, we should be generous with others, uh, grateful initially and generous. Um, Romans 5, 8, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. It's the most undeserved gift, the biggest, most undeserved gift you'll ever receive. You got to grab it. In 2 Corinthians 9, you'll be enriched in every way so that you can be generous, <clears throat> excuse me, on every occasion. And through us, your generosity will result in thanksgiving. <clears throat> Excuse me. This service that you perform is not only supplying the needs of the Lord's people, but is also overflowing in many expressions of thanks to God. Because of the service by which you have proved yourselves, others will praise God for the obedience that accompanies your confession of the gospel of Christ and for your generosity in sharing with them and with everyone else. And in their prayers for you, their hearts will go out to you because of the surpassing grace God has given you. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. So this in 2 Corinthians says that God enriches us so that we can be grateful on every occasion. Did you catch that? Um, supplying the needs of the Lord's people in every occasion. <clears throat> it also says that our generosity will result in people praising God. That's a really good deal. 
Okay, that's, that's disciples, making disciples by just being generous. Uh, through the service of our generosity, people will see our obedience to God and uh, in our faith and the faith that accompanies our action, our action accompanying our faith. And so it, it actually really just says your, people are going to see that you are obedient to the God you profess as your God. And there's faith in action in, in that. And they'll, they'll respond by just praising God. That's an incredible deal. They'll see you loving them uh, in action. And that's going to be a theme for a lot of what we're, we're talking about this morning, that these characteristics of Jesus aren't just observations. He's not just making observations, but he's, he's, he's observing and he's acting and um, generously. When we act generously, things happen. Things happen in heaven. Things happen on earth. And, and people praise God. So seize the opportunities to be generous. <clears throat> We're actually going to give you an opportunity to, uh, to be generous. And I'm not talking about the giving moment, although that is a, that's a very important opportunity. But um, what we have up here are uh, poinsettias. They look nice, uh, but I would really prefer that, that they um, are taken today. All right? Because um, we all need to be looking for opportunities to be generous, to reach out to our neighbors, to talk to our neighbors. And so what we'd like to do is, um, if you have an, an elderly neighbor or a single parent or somebody who you just you haven't broken the ice with and they've lived next door to you for 12 years, um, something like that, we want you to take one of these poinsettias and take it to them and, and talk to them. And um, you'd be shocked at what happens when you actually reach out and be generous. So don't forget to, to take one if, uh, and if, you, if they're all gone, I'll, we'll get more. So, um, so the second thing I want to talk about is the, um, the way that we can, we can be like Jesus is to act sac sacrificially. Now, we know that um, Jesus came to earth, and he, he, um, it was a great sacrifice for him not just to, to come to earth, but his whole life was, was basically a sacrifice for us. Philippians 2 says, Therefore, if you have <clears throat> excuse me, any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any, com uh, <clears throat> if any common sharing in the Spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and one in mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves, not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of others. In your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Jesus, who, being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant, being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even death on a cross. Therefore God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow, in heaven and on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Uh, it, said, it says he made himself nothing. Another version says that he emptied himself. Yet he was fully God and fully man, right? So, <clears throat> excuse me, it could mean that he set aside the privileges of his, of his deity uh, that stood between the divine Christ and the shame 
degradation and suffering that death on the cross would bring. That could be the point of Philippians 2.5, is that he moved from such a height to such a shameful depth on our behalf um, that, that he made himself nothing. And that's the mindset we should be uh, <laughs> supposed to have as we encounter others, right? To make ourselves nothing. Not looking to our own interests, but um, the interests of others. Matthew 22 says, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? And Jesus replies, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. <clears throat> Excuse me. All the law and prophets hang on these two commandments. <clears throat> Sorry. I think that says love God, love people. <clears throat> Put the two greatest commandments up on the up on the building so people can freely see it as they're driving by at 75 to 100 miles an hour. <clears throat> what, what we put on the building is what we should be doing in the building and outside the building. We should be going out the way Jesus came into the world. So uh, in John 13, a new command I give you, love one another as I have loved you, so you must love one another. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Well, that kind of goes back to seeing faith in action and generosity, right? People are going to be observing that, and they'll know that you're a disciple because you're acting like Jesus, if you love one another. But Jesus also said in John 15, greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. <clears throat> so what does it mean to lay down your life for someone? Well, it most certainly means die for them, right? But... There's, I think there's even more meaning than that. It, it could mean also to live for someone. In fact, 1 John 3, 16 through 18 says, This is how we know what love is. Jesus Christ laid down his life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brothers and sisters. If anyone has material possessions and sees a brother or sister in need, but has no pity on them, how can the love of God be in that person? Dear children, let us not love with words or speech, but with actions. And in truth. So back to love in action, right? That's how to put Christ in Christmas. Put love in action and get out there. By this, everyone will know that you are my disciples. So like generosity, we know that we live generously. People will glorify God because we're generous. But, it, you know, it's really, it's easy to say that you would die for someone, isn't it? I mean, because it's incredibly unlikely. I, I think, in a, where we live. So um, I've done this little exercise before, and I've already said that I do a little exercise, but not much. But um, this exercise is this, to um, make a mental list in your head of people you would die for. Like I would die, I would die for my, my wife, my family, my friends. So make a mental list real quick. Now on that list, you scratch out die in your head and write in live. Now it's a mental list of people that you would live for. Hopefully it's the same list, right? Um, but I think that's where we, we kind of trip up, right? Because, you know, giving your life for someone 
doesn't just mean, oh yeah, I would take a bullet for them. It means I'd do anything for them. I would lay down everything that I am for them. It doesn't just honor God either. It shows people your faith in action. And, and they'll glorify him for it. So you see a trend? You see a trend that we are to give up who we are, whether it's generously or sacrificially, for the people around us. That's the best way to show people who Christ is at Christmas. And the, the last one I want to talk about is compassion, compassionately. Um, so compassion is an interesting thing because I think we all experience different things, different uh, things on this scale. Uh, pity, pity is kind of the, the beginning of the, the, the progression there. I think pity says, oh, I, I see that they're going through something and I feel bad for them. Um, empathy is sort of a next step, right? Empathy, we, we, we kind of put ourselves in their shoes and go, well, that must be terrible. And, um, but compassion is an action. Compassion is taking pity and empathy and putting, putting feet to it and doing something about it. You know, no matter what it may be, if, you're, if it's within your power to do something to help someone who is, who's suffering, to do it. In fact, it, it's said that um, back in John. So it, it means we need to be better at probably observing uh, people, ask questions to better understand people's situations. It doesn't mean be nosy. It means show people that you care. And maybe caring is actually the first step for, uh, for many of us. Um, really loving our neighbor requires it. It doesn't mean you just kind of watch from a distance, unless they, they just really, there are folks who just want you to watch from a distance and know that you're there. But you're not going to know that until you, you, you try to really invest in someone, invest your life in someone. Uh, that's where empathy is transformed into compassion. In Matthew 9, uh, 35 through 38, Jesus went through all the towns and villages teaching in their synagogues, proclaiming the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness. When he saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Jesus, out of a place of compassion, actually asked the disciples to pray for more people to accomplish the work of God. Uh, to, to love compassionately, compassionately, to love in action, so that people will come to know him. He's actually saying, he's sending us out, and, and in a lot of ways, we are his love in action, right? We are Jesus' love in action. And he even prayed, or asked the disciples to pray, that more of us would show up. And we need to make sure that we do, right? That's how we keep Christ in Christmas. Luke 7. Soon afterward, Jesus went to a town called Nain, and his disciples and a large crowd went along with him. As he approached the town gate, a dead person was being carried out. <clears throat> the only son of his mother, and she was a widow. And a large crowd from the town was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart went out to her, and he said, Don't cry. Then he went up and touched the bear. They were carrying him on, and the bearers stood still. He said, young man, 
I say to you, get up. The dead man sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Another version says that he presented her, her son. And the story gets me a little bit because um, this is a level of compassion that my family was shown. When I, I had a cardiac arrest at home a few years ago, and I was clinically dead on the floor of our house. And after much prayer, and uh, I'm abbreviating, but um, there was a lot of prayer going on in this building, outside this building, outside the hospital, and certainly my family, my wife and kids were, were praying in the, in the emergency room, waiting room, where they were told that I was brain dead and that there was no hope. But God took compassion on me. He took compassion on our family. I mean, that's the, that's the only way I can explain it, that he miraculously healed me because he, he took compassion on us. And, and so how can I not be compassionate? Now, some of you might be like, how can he, how can he be so not compassionate? <laughs> you know, <clears throat> I don't think I can ever, I'm never going to be able to, to repay God except to, to try to behave like him the best I can and to, to share the compassion that was shown to, to us. But even that, um, God gave me back to them. He presented me back to my family. And I'll always be grateful for that. So in John uh, 11, when Jesus saw her weeping, I believe it was Martha, and the Jews who had come along with her also weeping, he was deeply moved in spirit and troubled. Where have you laid him? He asked, speaking of Lazarus, who had died. Come and see, Lord, they replied. And Jesus wept. And Jesus didn't cry because Lazarus died. He was just about to raise him from the dead. He was weeping because he took compassion on the people that he loved and, and wept with them. He was, he was crying because his friends were, were upset and mourning. In fact, uh, Romans 12 says, Rejoice with those who rejoice. Mourn with those who mourn. Live in harmony with one another. Do not be proud, but be willing to associate with people of low position. Do not be conceited. Do not repay anyone evil for evil. Be careful to do what is right in the eyes of everyone. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. So how do we show compassion like Jesus? Well, action makes our love easier to see than pity. In fact, at the end of the day, what the world uh, doesn't need is a bunch of Christians, or Jesus followers, showing pity on someone. What the world needs is a bunch of Jesus followers showing compassion and acting on it, investing in people's lives. Do, do something about it. Be helpful. Now, pray for wisdom and discernment as you do this. You want to, not everybody's the same, right? But you have to try. And that's, that's how we're going to show our neighbors uh, who Jesus is, not just with the lights on the house or those inflatable things. Um, I'm not coming down on the inflatable things, but my goodness. Um, what, are friends and fam what are our friends and family really going through right now? What are the people around us going through right now? And... Probably a lot of us could say, I don't know. And we got to change that. Um, 
we need to be, be better. We need to sh- be better at showing people who Jesus is. Now, uh, let me get a clean picture real quick. <clears throat> Sorry. What are people going through? Um, a lot of people don't know this, but I have, um, in 1995, uh, my, my father had passed away in 1994, and Amy and I were still newly married-ish, you know, within a couple of years, but um, <clears throat> so, such, so much so that we still kind of went to her parents' house, or my parents' house, for Christmas and sort of alternated and um, in 1995, we did that, and we went and celebrated with my family, and then went to visit her family. We came home, and uh, a few days later, I was I was uh, on a I'm an architect. I was up in Spartanburg on a project, and um, I got a call from my brother Mark, my oldest brother Mark, and he called and told me he, he told me that my brother had been found dead in his garage. And I was, I was, you know, I was like, I was praying. I'm like, God, please let there have been an accident, right? Let, let there have been some sort of accident because I, <clears throat> I couldn't handle um, anything else. But in fact, um, what we learned over the next couple of weeks, or week or so, I should say, that he was deeply depressed and didn't tell us. He didn't give us a clue. I mean, he was always mean to me, but he was a, he was a big brother. Um, but not always mean. Uh, we had no idea. It's no one's fault. He, he, didn't, he didn't share it with anyone. But he, he went home from, uh, from Christmas with family and cleaned his house. His wife stayed home, stayed back uh, in my hometown to visit. He cleaned up his house. Um, Oddly enough, he installed the new VCR that we got him for Christmas, which shows you how long ago it was. And um, just pulled both cars in the garage and left them running and sat in it and waited. And I don't know how, I don't know how bad you have to be depressed to do that. But I didn't know he was depressed at all. And so... I don't blame myself for this or anything or any of my family, but um, I didn't know. I wasn't looking for warning signs or anything like that either. And so I'm not saying that everybody around us is depressed. It's probably more likely now than it, than it was even in 1995. But we need to be aware of our surroundings. And that doesn't mean a personal space. It means our outside our personal space. And we need to reach out to family. We need to reach out to friends. And it's, you don't have to call them and pry, but showing compassion on people means investing in them. So is God putting somebody on your heart right now to, that you're like, all right, I need to go uh, next door neighbor, or I'm going to grab one of those poinsettias and I'm going to take it across the street to the lady that's lived there forever. Um, in fact, let's, let's pray that God would, would show us right now who, who to put on our hearts. Heavenly Father, we we pray right now that you would show us, bring faces or names to our minds of people that we can can reach out to, whether it's with one of these or one of the cards that we have up here, or just to call somebody and say, I'm just checking in on you. 
We pray that you would uh, bring those names and faces to us right now and give us the courage to put action to our, to our uh, hearts, to our feet, to our minds, to our mouths, and that we just do it. And um, show us, please, in Jesus' name. So our, our role here in this is not to, um, to sit idly by as people, as the world just kind of spins around us. Our role is to be, be the hands and feet of Christ, right? And um, I, know, <laughs> I know it's not easy. I would just love to be the hands and feet of Christ if, they, if somebody comes to my house and rings a doorbell and, I, and I, if, I'm, if I look on the ring camera and it's somebody I want to let in, I'll let them in. No, it's not like that. We need to go. <laughs> we need to go out, go next door, go across the street, go wherever God's telling you to go. Um, that's how we're going to keep Christ in Christmas. In fact, um, <clears throat> all of these involve action. Generosity, sacrifice, and compassion are all actions that we need to be taking because Jesus came to earth to save us. And this is how he lived. Galatians 5 says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such things there is no law. If the Holy Spirit is in us, which he is, if you profess Jesus as your Savior, Matthew 7, 16 says, by their fruit you will recognize them. So, <clears throat> excuse me, are we generous to the point where people will glorify Christ? Are we sacrificial? Are we living our lives for others? Or are we just saying we would... We would, we would die for them. That's easy because it's over at that point. We would take whatever time we have left and live our lives for someone, a family or friends. Are we compassionate? Do we act on our pity or even in our em empathy? If we go out in the world the way Jesus came into the world and people see our faith in action, that's being disciples who make disciples. So, so what do we do with that? You know, we're we're trying to tie this in with keeping Christ in Christmas. Um, in this season, we we tend to kind of play a little defense because we're we're offended by the world, the way the world addresses Christmas. We tend to get a little defensive, and I get that way too. Um, Someone lights us up with a happy holidays. <laughs> they actually legitimately want us to have a happy holiday, right? I mean, that's cool. Um, and if somebody does that, I've, I've, it, I've cringed when somebody says that to us because you're like, well, are they, are they saying that to me to, to poke at me or do they really want me to be happy? Um, somebody says that, don't get mad. Just cut their grass or take them a poinsettia or something like that. Um, take them lunch. You know that's that's the way we are. We actually we want we want the world around us to see, especially at Christmas, our our Christian outreach, not our Christian outrage. Right? Uh, we don't need to be like that. Jesus wasn't like that, so why should we be like that? So give generously, your finances, your time, your attention. Love sacrificially. Invest yourself in others. Invest yourselves around. There are so many things going on 
in so many people in this, in, just in this building right now. Some of it we know about, we don't do anything about. Some of it we just don't know about. Other t others are just going all in, helping everybody around them that they can. I think that's what the world wants to, needs to see from us. And we live and live compassionately. Um, you know, we don't always get it right. We need to just not dwell on that. The way to get it right is to do it right, is to just do it, right? And um, uh, Amy told me a story this morning about a guy that he just never really reached out to his neighbor. And uh, and he finally did. And I'm going to get this wrong because I was nervous and was, wasn't listening. But... Um, <laughs> uh, through this guy's compassion for his neighbor, his boldness and his courage to reach out to his neighbor, uh, there there was stuff going on and a GoFundMe started and it it actually got the attention of the world because, because this man's uh, issues were, uh, by his permission, were addressed. There was compassion shown him. So anyway, that's the way, that's the way we're going to keep Christ in Christmas. Be generous. We're going to be love sacrificially, and um, we're going to show compassion. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we love you. We thank you, and we pray that you would uh, help us, Lord. Especially in this season, we 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 want to live like you. We want to live like you all year, but there's just something special around this time when we can celebrate your son and the sacrifice that you made for us and the deep, deep love that you have for us. We pray that through our actions, not just our thoughts and our, uh, our thoughts, but through our actions, the world around us, each of us would know what we're really celebrating this Christmas. We pray that you would help us to live generously compassionately and sacrificially. And we lift all that up to you in Jesus' name. Amen.